All right. So do you remember watching The Muppet Show? No. Um, I've seen all the Muppet movies. Okay. Then I, I think you've probably seen this character before. So it's Sam the Eagle. Right. Yeah. Do you remember? Yes. Ever seen him? Yes. Yes. I, I know who you're talking about. I'm just, I don't know where we're going with it, but okay. <laughs> okay. Just, just go along with me for a little bit here. Okay. So Sam the Eagle, he's meant to be like this representation of the American Eagle, right? The, well, because he's kind of bald, but yeah. he's not a bald eagle. Exactly. You have hit upon the issue with Sam Eagle. He's kind of really scary, right? He's pompous, ultra conservative, disapproving nearly all the time, super judgy. And he would always say things like, it's the American way to rationalize the things he loved, but that were really problematic. Okay. Which, I mean, yeah, yes. Thank you, Muppet Show, for this insight. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you would totally think that he was an American eagle. I don't know what an American eagle is. Or a, a bald eagle. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a bald eagle. Except for that he's completely the wrong color he's and also is a puppet. Definitely not modeled after a bald eagle. No. He is, in fact, likely modeled after a harpy eagle, which is what we're going to be talking about today. All righty, then. Here we go. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast, because you're listening to Critters. Welcome to CritterCast episode 46, 46, which is, you know, a number. It's not a super exciting number, but it's one closer to 50, which is 50 closer to 100. It is not a prime number. It is divisible by two. Yeah. And I think by three as well. Maybe. 46. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think only by two. Yeah. Yeah. Only by two. <laughs> That's okay. Just sat there doing mental math in our head. <laughs> anyway, CritterCast, I'm your co-host, Karina. I'm your co-host, Cassie. And we have this podcast where we talk about animals of all shapes and sizes from all over the world. Every other week, we upload a 45-minute to hour-long episode talking about the wild, wacky, and wonderful world of critters. And it usually gets pretty weird. Yes, we we tend to make it a little weird because we like to pick the animals that are really interesting and exciting to us. And sometimes that's your best friend, your dog or your cat. And other times that's something that we have literally never heard of before. Like I had never heard of the animal that you chose to talk about last time, yes. uh, the Mexican mole lizard. Yep. What the heck? What Most people had that? never seen one in their life before. And no. now I feel like it's many people's favorite animals. Yes. It's adorable. It's such a cute little weird Pokemon thing. There you and go. I love it. Um, so yeah, that's what we're here to do. We're here to just share the love of critters. And we are not experts in any sense of the word on mm. any of these animals, but we like to learn about them. And then we share what we learn with you guys. Absolutely. So I learned a lot about this animal that I was researching for today. So I told you it was the harpy eagle. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the harpy eagle or do you have an image in your mind of what a harpy eagle is? No, I have not heard of a harpy eagle, but mm-hmm. when you say harpy, my yes. mind obviously goes to Greek mythology. Bingo. Right? Yeah. And you think of the of bird ladies. Yep. That is evil bird ladies. Exactly what gives this animal its name. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> so I'm not excited about that. <laughs> Here's a picture of a harpy eagle at rest. Yeah. It's large. It's quite large. Yeah. It's mostly um talons. And feathers and beak and claws. <laughs> As are most eagles. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's very little bone. And <laughs> really. right. Very light bones, yeah. in fact. Yeah. The harpy eagle is one of the largest species of eagle. It's tarsi. Its legs are the length of a human's legs. And they are the thickness of a human arm. The length of a human's legs. Yeah. Wait, it's leg bones? Y- yep. 
Okay, but not the visible part that you no, see. I mean, part of it stuck up underneath. Right. 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 It's kind of like when um, if you were to smush up the feathers of an owl's leg um, all the way up to where their body actually starts, their legs are a lot longer than you think they are. But they never really, I mean, they fully extend them sometimes when they're hunting and exactly. reaching out for prey, but not like they usually keep fully, them fully up a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. But if you were to stretch it all the way out, it would be as long. But but also, how long, when we're talking about like as long as a human's legs, there mm-hmm. are many different size humans. Yes. And and these this is like the larger side of this particular bird would be about the size of an average human leg. Like an adult human? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. The harpy eagle can, um, well, of course, as with many prey species, or sorry, predator species, mm-hmm. birds of prey, the females are larger than the males. Okay. The females will likely get to be about 30 to 20 pounds. 20 to 30 pounds? Pounds. 13 to 20. Pounds. Oh, okay. You said, I thought you said 30 to 20. And oh. I was like, I was like, wait, wait, that's not right. <laughs> it's like 13 to 20 pounds, which as we mentioned, because they are light, they have to be light to yeah. you know, support their weight in the air. Yeah. Means they're bigger than you think they are. Yes. Think of a 13 to 20 pound other animal yep. and think like triple to quadruple that size. Yeah. They can grow up to 40 inches tall. Whoa. So if you're thinking about humans, um, like a, a 12 or 13 year old is probably going to be about 48 to 50 something f- inches tall. Right. Because they're, they're more than four feet and 40 yeah. inches is like three and it's a half. Just feet. under four feet. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Cause uh, the, the measurement system in the United States is too complicated, even though I know it by heart. Right. It's too complicated. (laughs) It doesn't make very much sense. Suffice it to say, they are big. They're tall. Their wings are relatively short so that they can maneuver through the thick forests in which they live. So their wingspan only reaches about 6 to 7.4 feet. Right. Which for a bird that large is not very big at all. Mm -mm. They have proportionally short wings. Yeah. Yeah, because like even a human wingspan is not that much smaller than that. No, well, it's, our wingspan is usually about the length of our height. Yeah, so my wingspan is about five feet, and yeah. I feel like add an extra foot on the end of each of those. That's <laughs> not very big. No, for a bird that must carry its whole honking body right in the sky. Yeah, what absolutely. weirdos! They have dark gray feathers and a white underside, a black band of plumage spans its neck and then they have a, a like a, a crown of gray feathers on top of its head right and it can be a little tricky to tell the males from the females um except for their size because their plumage is identical okay mm-hmm. i feel like that's not uncommon no. no in like in birds of prey yeah there's a lot of smaller birds or you know non-predatorial birds that have distinct oh, yeah. differences but big birds of prey i feel like there, if there are any differences, they're very subtle. Yes. Yeah. And so these guys are carnivores. Mm-hmm. Unsurprising, perhaps. You, you might suspect that they would be carnivorous if they were birds of prey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are an apex predator. They l- mostly live in the, um, in the Amazon rainforest in Mexico and then in Central and South America. And they live primarily in the forest. It's pretty rare that you would see them like just hanging out or or even just flying through like open grassland. You're going to mm-hmm. see them most of the time in the dense rainforest. Um, they prefer, like I said, the large uninterrupted forest. And they don't even very often go super high above the forest canopy to hunt. Their individual ranges can be up to 10,000 acres. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And each nesting pair of harpy eagles requires about seven square miles of rainforest in which to hunt. So they can range past... Yes. Wait wait a second, though. Acres and miles. Acres and miles. There's way more acres in a mile. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not 
acres aren't part of the same measurement system. But yeah, it's like several acres to a mile. Got it. Got it. So like the, so just to clarify the, the space in which is considered their territory Mm -hmm. is, is the 10,000 up to 10,000 acre number. Well, that's, that's their range. So they can, they can go that far, but their territory needs to be at least seven miles. So they need to not have other nesting pairs in that same area Got it. in order to keep them alive and give them enough food for what they need to eat. Got it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they, what do they eat? I would assume rodents, other small birds, anything big. Cause I mean, they're, they're fairly big. So mammals that are mm-hmm. up to a significant size, lizards, yep. anything, you know, yes, anything. Exactly. <laughs> they, they prefer to eat things that are tree dwelling. Well, because they don't like going down too far. Exactly. So they like to just be able to pick things off of the trees, which means that mostly what they're eating are sloths, monkeys, and possums. Full sloths, huh? Full on sloths. Like full adult sloths? Yep. That's a lot. Yeah. Because sloths are not small. Yep. They'll also occasionally prey on other birds like macaws. Also not small. Weird also to think of them live like that color of bird right living in the same area where everything is colorful and tropical unless like a sloth it needs to blend in yes and like birds of prey don't need to blend in no but it helps them with their hunting that's true mm-hmm. but it's just weird to like when you think of a of hawk that looks like that yeah you think of it being in like a north american forest right and not right. among all the pretty parrots yeah but i think the coloring really helps them stay um blended in with the light and shadows yeah so it can make things um think oh there's nothing sitting there in that tree over there now's maybe a good time to separate from the rest of the group of monkeys and go grab some food for myself. No, no little monkey. Don't do that. Nope. That's a bad idea. Little monkey. Yeah. Oh, goodbye. Little monkey. RIP. Yep. Rest, rest in peace. Little monkey friend. RIPS <laughs> rest in pieces. Probably. <laughs> oh yeah. Juicy pieces. Oh no. Very tasty pieces. <laughs> they'll also eat reptiles like iguanas which if you have seen the iguanas can get pretty darn big yeah not as big as a sloth i feel like there's no. nothing more surprising than that to me yeah, yeah. like you know it's, monkeys are generally like small monkeys are smaller than sloths mm-hmm. it really just that that's gonna be like the biggest meal for them totally though will it be a tasty meal i imagine not i imagine sloths would taste pretty bad I think that they probably taste like like a chicken, like a salad from McDonald's with chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> exactly. But it's a salad, too, because they have all that algae that grows on them. Ugh. And because they're, they eat so much vegetation, it, probably the primary taste is going to be... Well, I just feel like there's a lot of like wasted muscle on those guys, you know? So like not a lot of, (laughs) right. There is, there is, they have, they have some strong arms, but I feel like, you know, yep. I bet they like to eat the uh, upside down lungs. Ugh. (laughs) Weirdos. (laughs) Oh, sloths are so fun. Harpy eagles are also fun. They live a long time. We believe that their lifespan is up to 25 to 35 years. All right. Yeah. Which That's makes decent. sense because they take forever to reproduce. Okay. Seriously, like ages to reproduce. They mate for life and they build large nests made of sticks and branches and then they line it with softer materials like um, fur and other things. Yeah. Like yeah. A, pretty tradition, yeah. a pretty traditional bird nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really like to build them in kapok trees, Brazil nut trees, and Canberra trees. Okay. The trees that get really tall. Right. Because they like to be at least 90 feet from the ground. But not above the canopy. Nope. Just Mm-mm. smack dab where really they can tall. see everything going on underneath them. They could slide down to the, the next little part of the uh, rainforest to grab a snack mm-hmm. and then easily pop back into their to their nest to check on their baby. Right. 
uh, they're only going to have one baby <laughs> at a time because even though they will often lay two eggs, mm-hmm. as soon as the first egg hatches, they ignore the second age egg and that egg will not hatch. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. As a second born child, I don't love that. <laughs> as a first born child, I think it's not too bad. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, they'll likely reuse the same nest over and over and over and over for many years. Um, they spend so much time investing in their babies, which is maybe why they can only have one at a time. They're kind of helicopter parents. Oh, no. Yeah. They spend all of their time protecting and raising the chick until it fledges, which is usually about six to seven months. Which is Six a to lot. seven months. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like we don't always talk about when birds fledge when we talk about birds on this. But I feel like the ones we have specifically mentioned have been a couple weeks, like maybe two months right. at most. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a long time to just hang around a nest too. What a boring life and for a while. And then it hangs around even longer. Even after it's fledged, it doesn't it doesn't leave. So it's a millennial. It is. Tr- it's a hundred percent a millennial <laughs> and its parents are millennial helicopter parents. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so they usually stick around the nest for another six to 10 months and the parents will still feed it for up to 10 months after it has fledged. No, yes. go get your own food. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, I know. Right. I mean, so it's even though, so hard. it's fledged, it can fly away but yeah. it'll, and it, it, it makes sense for it to practice for a little while, yeah. come back to the nest, but it's not getting its own food. Like it could, but they're still feeding. I mean, it. as it gets older, it can still get its own food, but if it missed a meal or it wasn't able to catch something it wanted, it can go back to the nest to mom and dad and be like, you guys, I don't have anything in my fridge and I'm really sick of ramen. Can, can I have no, I have no food? money left in my bank account. Please I love help. You. Can you do my laundry for me too? We're really throwing millennials under the bus for two millennials <laughs> who are sitting here doing this. That's why it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then its parents say, yes, here, I will regurgitate my food for you. There you go. Here, do you want me to go catch a sloth for you? There, there's a yummy sloth for you. Wow. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense, like I said, that they invest all their attention <laughs> in one, one chick. They will produce one chick every two to four years. Right, because you can't do it every year because you would still have the other chick. Exactly. And these guys are not like crows. Remember when we read about crows, crows will stick around. Juvenile crows will stick around near the nest, but they'll help raise their younger siblings. Right. And no. No. Not not these guys. Mm -mm. You can get right out of my nest. (laughs) And then just go have to find a mate and make my own nest and repeat. Yes. Now, what about sexual maturity, though? Four to five years old is when they reach sexual maturity. Now, do they do they find like a a buddy before that or for those like for that, like two to three years between when they've left their parents nest Mm -hmm. and when they're able to breathe, they just do their own thing. They're probably trying to find a territory that they can live in and protect that isn't protected by another mated pair. They're probably trying to finish growing all the rest of the way up (laughs) Mm -hmm. there because that's a lot of growing for a harpy eagle to do (laughs) and then and then when they get to about four or five years old then they can see if they can convince someone else to move in with them okay Mm -hmm. all right well you know that's a, a life choice right I don't know that I agree with it, but I'm not a bird. So. Well, it's it's just like millennials again, where it's taking millennials are, are making decisions to take longer before they settle down for like starting a family. They have things they want to do. They they want to pay off their student loans. Oh my god! They want to stop personifying these birds. <laughs> they want to move out of their shared. The apartment. metaphor is tired. It's done. <laughs> Um, I'm having fun with this metaphor. I will push it till the end. (sighs) There are some threats even to this amazing, gigantic bird. Well, I imagine deforestation is is up there because (laughs) the rainforest (laughs) is disappearing. Yep. 
That's it. That's that's the number one threat. There is another threat, but the number one threat is deforestation. deforestation. That mm-hmm. literally any any yep. animal that is reliant on the Amazon rainforest specifically, but yep. other rainforests throughout the world, you yep. can bet the number one threat is us. Hundred percent. Most times, the number one threat to many animals is us. But it's true, especially with the rainforest. It's yeah, exactly. And we are the other major threat. Oh, we are the them. number two threat as well. Yep. Look at us. We really just wanted to beat ourselves. Yes. Harpy eagles are not afraid of people Ugh. because they are really freaking big. So why would they need to be afraid of people? Because, These guys are not afraid people have of tools. literally anything. Because people have tools to hurt you, poor birdies. Whoa. <laughs> I'm showing Karina the picture that I will be posting along with an article about harpy eagles uh, on social media. And it shows a man sitting on a log, mm-hmm. an over, you know, a tree that's fallen next to a harpy eagle. Who's and just hanging out like, what up, yo? It, I mean, to me, now I don't know what they naturally look like, but to me, that looks it, not like a what up, but a try me. Yes. Fight me. Yeah. That's (laughs) what it looks like. A hundred percent. Yes. So they're not afraid of literally anything. They will just hang out and let a person come up to them, which means that sometimes people get really afraid of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is fair because something I haven't talked about yet is the fact that they are one of the few types of birds, um, especially diurnal birds. Oh, by the way, they're diurnal. Awake during the day. That's right. And they have what's called a facial disc. A facial disc is a structure for certain owls usually Mm -hmm. that allows them to catch sounds a lot better than other types of bird faces. Okay. (laughs) I know. it's, It's a little confusing. Um, so basically it's just like their, their feathers can be propped forward instead of being slicked back along its, their head mm-hmm. so that they, um, they create kind of just like a, a plate around their face and that helps them to be able to navigate through the woods. And since it gets so dark in the rainforest, even during the day, because it's so dense, they're able to listen for prey and then they can collect sound waves and funnel them towards their ears, um, which helps them to be able to locate that tasty iguana and pull it off of the tree and eat it. Okay. So, so their faces look when they have their facial disc kind of flared, their ears or their, their feathers flared out to their, to enable their facial disc. They look a little, a little alien, a little human alieny. I mean, I think anything that is that large and that, you know, has, has claws and can could you know if right. they can eat sloths they could eat small children right they could eat babies easily yes and i think as humans we just automatically see something like that that's clearly a predator yeah. and regardless of what it's doing that's terrifying yeah it is it totally is and if this surprised you when you were out farming or hiking or etc cetera, etc cetera, in the rainforest a lot of times they get shot which super sucks. Yeah, it super sucks. It super sucks that we go out into mm-hmm. nature, are then surprised somehow right? and scared of animals who live there. Yep. And take it out on them. Yep. It's like, you know, the same idea where we go into, like we build into their environments and then are annoyed that we have to learn how to coexist yes, with them. Yes, But absolutely. like even worse because it's not even like you're building into their environment as much as you just like... Yep. Wander, wander into someone else's home yeah. and then are shocked when that person or animal says, what are you doing? Yes. Please get out of my home. That's right. And instead of just saying, oh, my bad. You shoot it. Oh. I mean, it's pulled from the headlines. That's what this, this week's episode is. Yes. Don't done. Critter cast. Law and order critter cast. <laughs> <laughs> Special Hawks unit. <laughs> nice special vermin unit i don't know <laughs> i don't know um what sucks even more is that recently people have been learning more about the harpy eagle and thinking that they're 
they're really interesting. So they go out intentionally to see them and shoot them for curiosity or for, for collections. Ugh. So, yeah. So that's really crappy. But we'll talk about some of the things that are being done to help protect these birds. But before we get there, perhaps we should take a break and do our new segment. Oh, um, I didn't realize that was a thing we were full on going for. Yeah, let's do it. I didn't prepare anything. That's okay. I have one. Oh, okay. Okay. So usually folks around this time in the podcast, we are going to be doing, you know, a promo shout out for another podcast. So before, before we, you know, get into this new segment, we do not have a promo for this, this episode. And that's just because we, we looked at a list of some ones that we had hanging and we just weren't even sure which ones to do. So if you guys have a podcast that you yourself are producing or one that you just really, really enjoy that you want to share with other CritterCast listeners, please let us know. We'll reach out to those folks, grab a promo and be able to feature it in an upcoming episode. Yeah. Um, But you know, we won't have that this episode, but we are introducing a brand new segment where we'll be featuring rescue, currently adoptable rescue pets. Yay! From We'll start with from our area, from the shelter I, of course, work at and right. any other local shelters and pets that we recognize. But if we have fans and listeners out there that want us to shout out animals in your area that need some special attention, please let us know. We are absolutely happy to do that. Also, if you think of a catchy name for this segment let us know because right now i got nothing hmm critter watch Uh, adoptable critter watch no who's that who's that critter in the window (laughs) we'll 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 spitball on twitter (laughs) all right okay so for this week i would like to feature a um, cat who is currently at the city of elk grove animal services animal shelter. This is in Elk Grove, California, which is near to Sacramento. And this cat is so sweet and has been there for a little while. This cat's name is Bobby. And I love Bobby. I have had the delightful fortune to meet Bobby twice. And every time Bobby, Bobby's a little older. He, he looks he's like only he's, five. He looks like he's led a little bit of a life. Yeah. Yeah. Five is not old for a cat. It's really not. He looks he looks a little he looks like he's gotten a little um raggedy. Just a little. Yeah. Maybe he's not great at grooming. No, he's very clean. Hmm. Yeah. I think I think it's the drool. Oh, from yeah, not that having could be teeth. It. Yeah, he does not have teeth. He has a couple teeth, he right? Has two. Yeah. See, that's fine. You don't no one needs more than two teeth. <laughs> And he's so sweet. He's mostly white with some black parts. I I would call him a solid black and white black cat. Black and white. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, I like a tuxedo. And he's got black on his his ears and his face. Yeah, but yeah. He's really really cute. Yeah. Um, he's named Bobby because he has a bobbed off tail. Mm-hmm. It's not like a super short tail. No, and it I don't think it was cut off. I think he was That's, just born that way with yeah. a shorter tail. Um it's not like a it's not like a bobcat tail where it's right. like a floof. They're maybe three to four inches. It's so cute. It's so odd and so adorable. And he's so friendly. Every time I go in to see him, he comes over to the cage and he kneads and he makes some muffins. And then he I'll put my fingers up and he will rub against the cage and I just would love to take him home. And I think he needs a home with somebody who has a lot of time and energy to get cuddles. I wouldn't even say energy. He's a very low energy cat. If you just have a lot of time that you hang around and want to pet a cat, he's a lap cat. He will sit on your lap and just purr and be pet for as long as you're willing to pet him. Oh my gosh. He has never once told people, okay, I'm done. There's no such thing. He I love would, Bobby. He'll take as much love as you would like to give him. Yes. I want to give him all my love. Unfortunately, I cannot adopt him. Therefore, if you know someone who is reasonably close enough to the Sacramento area of California who needs a Bobby in their life, let them know. We will be posting Bobby on social media. So share, share, share. Please do. Yeah. He's a sweet cat. As there are many sweet cats in shelters everywhere, if you are not close to Sacramento and you have an animal you would like to shout out or you're looking for an animal, 
we can search. We can help you find yes. one. It's what we do. Um, thank you so much for adding this segment in to CritterCast. If you got a name, let us know. Yeah. Otherwise, please share Bobby's photo um, and videos and anything else we post of him to encourage folks to come visit him at the Elk Grove Animal Shelter. Yeah. We'd also love for you to share with us animals in your area that you think should be adopted and a little bit of information about them and who you think um, they would be perfect for. So send us that information through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our email, whatever. We'll give all the contact deets again at the end of the episode. But let us know about cool animals in your area too. Sweet. Yeah. Do you want to add anything else? No, not really. All righty. Shall we get into the super cool stuff about harpy eagles? I mean, I felt like we were there already, but uh, but continue on. Get weird. Okay. So there's not much about harpy eagles that are s- super weird in the mm-hmm. way that some of the animals we've talked about recently are, mm-hmm. but there are just some more facts that I wanted to really highlight about these things. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about, again, if you were to run into this guy, um, in an alleyway in the rainforest and how very, very, very much you should not mess with it. So right. their, their talons mm-hmm. can get up to three to four inches long, which is as long as the claws of a grizzly bear. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to mess with it ever, ever, ever. I do kind of want to see one, but only when I know I'm going to be seeing it. I do not want to be surprised. I would think I probably will never see one in person, and I'm okay with that. They are in some zoos in the U.S. Yeah. Through conservation and breeding programs. Yeah, but like... Maybe. I'm not going traveling all over the United States either. Um, I would kind of be interested to do it for a harpy eagle because they're cool. That feels like... That's a lot of travel and time. Like you would rather just go to Disneyland. Yeah, that's a hundred percent where I'd rather so be. So basically, all the time. if Disneyland gets into helping <laughs> conserve yes. harpy eagle, then I'll, I'll happily see one. But uh, right. otherwise, let's start a petition <laughs> to get Disneyland to start having harpy eagles um, and a breeding program. Perfect. Sure, I love it. That's sure. a great idea. So they can go super fast. They're really great at saving energy. You'll never see them soaring above the top of the rainforest. They stick below the the canopy and they use their talons to grab things. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can pick up anything that weighs up to about 18 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. They can go at least 50 miles an hour or 80 kilometers an hour in their dives. They can also shoot straight up because they have those short, broad wings. So they can attack their prey from below or from above. You will never know which way it's coming for you, but it is coming for you, my friend. It is coming. Well, because think about the fact that birds always have their legs tucked under, so they're constantly in a plie ready to support (laughs) themselves for a jump. Yes. A little bit of ballet trivia in there for y'all. Now I I want a harpy eagle with a tutu (laughs) graphic. That sounds amazing. And I'm feeling like I need it (laughs) in my life. They don't have arms long enough for, you know, the grace that ballet requires. No, that's true. They do have speed and power, though. Yeah. Are they nimble? Yeah, they got to be to maneuver between all of the dense thickets and brush and all right cartoon artists come out of the work woodwork <laughs> get us some get us some uh make it happen some cuteness yes please they can like owls turn their head upside down to get a better look at a potential meal and they are also incredibly patient they can sit silently in stealth mode for up to 23 hours in a tree patiently waiting to catch its prey unsuspecting I mean, props to you for having that patience, but also I feel like you shouldn't have to wait up to 23 hours. 
if you can fly 50 miles an hour, I feel like you could go somewhere and find something pretty easy. I mean, I feel like, honestly, they're kind of the serial killers of the animal kingdom. Oh, no. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, evil motivations or anything here. Just, like, the sense I get is that they sit and they watch and they sock you and they plan their attack and then they do it when it's when the timing is optimal. That That doesn't describe a serial killer really at all. Like maybe a one-off murder, but a lot of serial killers are so mm. so plagued by motivation that they. It, I mean, it depends on the type. I've watched I, a lot of Criminal Minds. I've been watching a lot of um, Mind Hunters, so that's that's what's in my brain right now is like BTK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. This is not a true crime podcast. You tuned in to learn about animals, and you've learned about millennials and serial killers. <laughs> You you knew what you were getting into, right? Yes. All right. They also have excellent vision. They can see things um, that are 220 yards away in extreme detail, even if that thing is only about an inch or a couple of centimeters big. Wow. Mm-hmm. Also, can I just take a moment to say that I feel like this episode just truly highlights the the lack of education in the American system because we have used like 10 different types of measurements and I can't (laughs) actually picture what any of that translates to in real life. What is 200 yards? Like, what is that? A yard is three feet. Three feet. Right, right. I know what a yardstick is. That's 660 feet, which, you know, when you're driving and you got to turn on your blinker to turn and you're supposed to turn your blinker on about 200 feet before the turn. So it's triple where you would start to feel like turning your, your blinker on. But I always turn my blinker on too. No, see, this is, it's just too complicated. I'd say it's like half a block. Some blocks are really long and some blocks are really short. It's just really Half hard. Half a rainforest block. Oh my God. It's just, it's very hard to take these numbers and make them mean anything True. in your brain. It's a long way away to be able to see that kind of detail. Yes. Yeah. I can tell you sitting right now in our living room, <coughs> podcasting studio, <coughs> living room, um, <laughs> that is only maybe 12 feet long. Yeah. I could not see something that was an inch or two big on the wall. You'd be able to see like a speck. Right. But you can't see it in detail. No, no right. way. Right. I yeah. don't have microscopes for mm-hmm. eyes. No, but they do. Do they have microscopes for eyes or do they have something else for eyes? Mm. I don't think they have, they might have tampon eyes. Oh no. I wonder if they do because they can't, they can turn their heads so much. I wonder if it's because they have tampon eyes. Let's find out. What is the shape of... Yeah, but also remember that owls are nocturnal. So they need different eyes than diurnal birds would need. That's very true. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, they have eyelids. Um... So no, they no, don't have tampon they don't. eyes. They don't have tampon eyes. They just have really good eyes. Yeah. Like the iPhone 11 dual camera. <laughs> Extra wide shots. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Hashtag wish I was sponsored. <laughs> Hashtag if only. Oh my God. <laughs> oh boy. The deadly talons of a harpy eagle can exert several hundreds of pounds of pressure. <laughs> Over 50 kilograms worth of pressure. Uh, (laughs) Definitely enough to crush a skull. Enough to crush the bones of its prey and instantly kill its victim. So what I'm thinking here is if it's several several hundred pounds of pressure, if someone... Not not in a car, because that's tons, but if someone had um, like a cannonball... And they threw it at you pretty, pretty fast, way faster than most of us could throw it to you. And it just struck you and crushed you. That's probably what it would feel like. Um, I can relate to that. No, I think it would feel like claws wrapping around you and crushing you. Yeah. Remember when we talked about owls and whether or not an owl was capable of of killing a human? It was. It was definitely the owl. And yes. these are definitely capable of yes. killing a human. Also, if you are walking with your toddlers or babies in the rainforest, don't leave them alone because the harpy eagle going to eat it. 
Yeah. And also helmets will not protect them. Nope. Mm-mm. Nothing <laughs> will. <laughs> There's no protection from that. Nope. nope. So, so true. Oh my goodness. Um, like you said earlier, harpy eagles are named after the predatory half woman, half bird monster of Greek mythology. Right. Yeah. Harpies, man. It's super accurate too. You look at these things and you think, yeah, I can totally see that. And there's been suggestions that harpy eagles might be, um, or like sightings of harpy eagles might be the rationale or explanation of any number of urban myths. Particularly, we've talked about Mothman before with owls too, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Briefly mentioned Mothman, I think. Or um, when we talked about the the bats, the hammerhead bats. Mm -hmm. Um, it, these guys are another possible suspect for if they're, if someone had imported one to the U S and let it go somewhere in West Virginia <laughs> and you saw it, so we in talked the about the Jersey the night, devil too. You would probably mm. think, Holy crap. What is that thing? <laughs> Honestly, for me, like when you, when you said harpy Eagle, for some reason, like when I think of harpies, I really think of that first scene in that first Percy Jackson movie with uh-huh. the teacher that turns out to be oh, a harpy. Oh yeah. And like that helps me understand yeah. how long harpy Eagle legs could potentially be. Ooh, that's you know? an excellent point right there. Yeah. And then I think about an old drawing from like an illustrated version of the Odyssey that mm. featured harpies. Yes. Yep. I, I, think about the um the harpy that was in the last unicorn which everybody every all of the other magical creatures knew it was a real freaking harpy even though the uh the people who came to the carnival to see it thought it probably was just a vulture that people were saying was a harpy but nah it was a harpy and then it killed that old woman who was keeping all those animals locked up and yeah justified I have never seen The Last Unicorn, and I feel like we've talked about that before, and you know that. And That's then you just went I on a really long rant. All that detail. <laughs> all about something that I have never seen and likely will never watch. <laughs> Did you know that the harpy eagle is Panama's national bird? No. Yeah. That's actually part of the conservation efforts that people have been undertaking to help protect them. They, um, they campaign to get the harpy eagle named as the national bird so that they could start putting in some protections and some legal restrictions to help protect harpy eagles. They couldn't have those without it being the national bird? Well, they can, by doing that, they're, it's they're just branding, trying to get, right? like, they're trying to get public support exactly. behind it. That makes sense. Exactly. It worked for the bald eagles. It totally did. Then, I mean, like, they're still, I think bald eagles are still endangered or at least vulnerable or threatened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it definitely kept them from going extinct. Yep. So that's For nice. Sure. Also, the harpy eagle was the inspiration behind the design of Fox the Phoenix in the Harry Potter films. That makes a lot of sense. Right. He has those like flared feathers yep. out the back of his head. I don't think he's quite as big as a harpy eagle should have been. But also... Dumbledore is a very tall person. That's true. So it's kind of hard to compare. That's true. And he we did, don't. He did look fairly big next to tiny little baby Harry. Right. Especially when he had to carry tiny little baby Harry and tiny little Ron and tiny little Ginny's body out of the, uh, the Chamber of Secrets. No. I think so. I don't think that happened. Oh, man. Was that just on the cover? Am I being Mandela affected? Yeah, I don't think that happened because they were all conscious by the time it was time to leave. Yeah, but he picked them. He helped carry them out, didn't he? I don't think so. How did they get out of the Chamber of Secrets? Well, later in the seventh book, they go in and get out just fine. So I'm sure that there is a way to leave. Hmm. Also, they are magic. (laughs) So, like... Okay, wow. Could just, you know, way to bring logic into this conversation. They could just fly. <laughs> <laughs> they all have brooms. So in conclusion, <laughs> there are many reasons to be impressed, awed, terrified, but also absolutely in love with harpy eagles. 
and there's a lot of conservation efforts that are ongoing to help them out. So if you wanted to know more about what sorts of things people are doing to help out harpy eagles, you can check out the American Bird Conservancy's efforts to help farmers use non-invasive methods of harvesting Brazil nuts in order to avoid disturbing harpy eagle nests. All right. There's also the... um, Peregrine Fund in Idaho that has captive breeding facilities where they have hatched and raised harpy eagles um, and then released them into their natural habitat in Panama. And then there's also Zoo Miami, which has the harpy eagle program that's been working all the angles to support these amazing birds. They've been lobbying the Panamanian Congress to pass a law officially declaring the harpy eagle the national bird of Panama. Um, they brought the first harpy eagle to ever hatch in captivity uh, to Summit Zoo and Gardens in Panama to be exhibited at the center and to serve as a wildlife ambassador for their project. Mm-hmm. And they also um, participate in field studies of the harpy eagle to provide ongoing funding and support for those studies, as well as a wide variety of educational programs within the indigenous communities. So if you are near um, Idaho, or Miami, go and check out these um, facilities. Uh, Support them if you're interested in helping out with the efforts they are undertaking to bolster the harpy eagle population. Very cool. Right? They do cool stuff. But you said they were working all the angles. They do the cool stuff. And I didn't hear anything about making cool memes about harpy eagles. So are they really going above and beyond? This is clearly a part where they have missed out. Right. Um, Somebody recently, however, has been circulating an excellent um, group of pictures to raise interest in the harpy eagle. I am sure if you are on any sort of social media whatsoever, you have seen this, um, this picture slash whatever it is article. Okay. So it's, it's like, it's the one you showed me earlier. Yes. And it's been posted in a ton of different places. I think I first saw it on, on Reddit in the subreddit, nature is effing lit, <laughs> mm-hmm. only with the full word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we will share it too. And I think that is raising a lot of awareness and interest in harpy eagles. So that's yeah, cool. okay, cool photos are one thing, but memes are a whole. It's another so group true. of people that you need to get in touch with. You're so right. That's why. That's why I love the Monterey Bay Aquarium because their social media game is oh, no joke. On point right it's no joke and it's hilarious and i think that just it makes everything more endearing yeah when we don't focus on the doom and gloom aspect of conservation right i think you get a lot more people invested in helping i took a conservation biology class in college and the worst part about that class for me was that it the main focus was all the bad things, you know, in conservation, right. all the things that we're losing, all of the, Which you know, true and unfortunate, but also makes you want to like wrap your head. Makes you, it makes you want to just give up. Like yeah. if you feel like there's nothing you can do, then, you know, that's why I hate those really sad ones, you know, the, oh, like the, the, the ASPCA, Sarah McLaughlin. Right. Commercial. Or like, or the, the campaign that went around that was like, oh, we used as however many animals were left in the wild, those pixels to create the photos of right. them. Right. And like for some, it was just blurry blobs that you couldn't tell. Yeah. And I, I get it. It's powerful, but I think that you can find equally as powerful motivation when you work a different angle. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to, you you got to tell people what they can do. You got to bring the optimism, which I think is what we're really all about here at CritterCast. So true. Right. Yeah. Learn about them, be excited about them. And then you're more motivated to help instead of just being depressed about for sure, you know, how few there are left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause depression, everybody knows if you're depressed about something that leads to like difficulty trying to do anything about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So don't That's be sad. Motivating. Be glad. <laughs> Glade. <laughs> you know? And then she sprays the camera. The Perfect. vine. Where she's like, yeah. Don't be mad. Don't be sad. Be glad. And she did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, help us out with raising awareness about harpy eagles and make and circulate your own memes. Do it. Do it. Make the memes. We'll make one 
And then we want to see everybody else's. Yes. Call to action. <laughs> also, if you know of any cool conservation efforts going on, let us know about them. Yeah. Yeah. We're always happy, especially if it's a critter we've talked about. Yeah. Or if it's not and it's something we should talk about. Yes. You know, unlimited potential here. So much. Do it. All of it. 10 inches of unlimited potential. Oh, my goodness. Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cassie, for bringing this to our attention. I think our listeners, I assume, I know our listeners very much enjoyed this episode and are are now excited to listen to more. And if they would like to listen to more, you can always listen to all of our episodes on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms, such as Spotify, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Podcatcher, Stitcher, all those places. You can also go directly to our website crittercastpodcast.com and listen to all of our all of our episodes on there and there's a bunch of other cool things you can find on our on our website you yeah can find cool info about who we are you can find all of our notes and resources mm-hmm. you can find information on our uh, our red bubble which is where we sell merchandise with cool cute stuff that helps right. support the podcast yep uh, featuring a lot of artwork from our lovely friend zara and art by zara mm-hmm. and you can also find a link to our patreon page patreon.com slash crittercast where you can get early access to fun uh, photo shoots and merchandise products as well as full episodes featuring our favorite magical mystical mystical creatures and other cool unreleased content yeah you know just fun stuff it's awesome and supporting us on patreon allows us to purchase fun equipment so that we can always have good stuff. It's why we have better audio quality now. Yes, thank and you. attend reptile shows as they come up and purchase fun things to give away to people and, and mm-hmm. do all the cool stuff. Yeah, because we like to uh, put our, our Patreon money where our podcasting mouths are <laughs> and go and help out with conservancy and education efforts in any way that we can, including going to reptile expos and helping people learn a little bit more about how to care for the animals that they might be interested in taking home and kind of do some demystifying about, you know, these are not animals to be afraid of. They are cool and awesome and lovely. Absolutely. Other places that you can get more CritterCast, if you're so dying for more CritterCast, are, of course, all of our social media platforms. Oof, all we, of them. Uh, we maintain a semi-active, active <laughs> Twitter account, which is at CastCritter, and Instagram at CritterCastPodcast, a Facebook, just plain old CritterCast, and a YouTube channel, CritterCast, where you can find full vlogs of all of the reptile shows we've been to, oh, yeah. as well as other fun behind-the-scenes videos. Woohoo! Amazing. So much awesome stuff. And if you want more, let us know what you want. Tell us. We will try to provide it. We are here for you. Anything for you. Anything for you because you are wonderful, wonderful listeners who always look both ways and then back again left before (gasps) making a turn. Whoa. What a responsible driver you are. You didn't, you didn't miss points on your test like Karina did for not looking (laughs) back again. It's left, right, left. Yep. Not just left, right. Nope. Got to do it. Everything you own to the box, to the left, to the (laughs) left, to the left. All right, folks, that's going to be it for us here at CritterCast today. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the Critter Cast Podcast.